name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. See, many are traveling as well. Today we hear about a man who has much to give thanks to God about, and yet he doesn't. He rather sees his things as his own. This very pitiable young man, the man who walked away from Christ. It's tragic because his attachments were revealed to him by Christ, and he couldn't bear to let go of them. And so he departed instead. His grip was too tight. Whenever I read this gospel, when we lived in Boston, the, we would go to Franklin Park Zoo, and at the zoo there, they had this sort of big house, if you will, that had all these birds inside, like parakeets and canaries and all of that. And you could get some seed and you could feed the birds out of your hand. And the idea of holding your hand open so that these birds can come in and go out as opposed to gripping that seed, which will make them not, not come. How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. This is what our Lord says. How hard it is. And that is a hard saying. Now what he means here, first of all, is how hard it is for those who have attachments to their things. Not that the possession in and of itself is the problem. It's that we have the possessiveness. But he also says how hard it is. He's not saying it's impossible. He's not saying that it's not likely that those who have riches will go into heaven. He's saying how hard it is. Meaning, what a struggle it is. How difficult it's going to be, that journey, for those who hold tightly in their grip. Now, it's easy, of course, with these gospel readings to disassociate, to not see myself as the rich young ruler because I'm not rich, right? But what are my attachments? What are the things that I am holding tightly onto? Well, first, of course, the most obvious from the gospel reading is our possessions, our things, our bank accounts, our objects that we admire and that we go out and buy more of and get new ones, or we might call them our necessities. I have to have this. St. John Chrysostom said beautifully once, if they were, at, were to ask you which you would prefer, to be able to turn grass into gold or to tread over gold as if it were grass, don't hesitate to choose the second. To turn grass into gold, like King Midas, right? The Midas touch. Or to walk over gold as though it were grass. To have no attachment to these things that the world has such a strong attachment to. So yes, my possessions are definitely something that I hold tightly to. Another is our health. My health. I don't want to get a flu. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to be unable to do the things that I expect to do in my daily life. Or it could be sickness of a much more severe kind of permanent ailment, diabetes or any of these ailments that we all here, so many of us struggle with for the rest of our lives. Or it could be even something terminal like cancer, a 
Parkinson's or Lou Gehrig's or any of these things. Our health is so important to us. There's a beautiful book in the bookstore called Cancer, My Love. And it's a book about a Romanian woman who came to true faith in Christ, not just a superficial faith, through her struggle with cancer. But we hold on to our health so tightly. It doesn't mean don't take care of your body or don't try to be healthy. Of course we try, but <coughs> hold it lightly because you don't know what will come. We don't know what will come with our health. Another that we hold on to is our independence, both our physical independence and our cognitive independence. And yet we know that as we progress through life, our independence will be curtailed, will be shortened, will be brought in closer. We won't be able to have a driver's license someday. We might not be able to walk. We might not be able to feed ourselves, change ourselves, go to the bathroom. And some of these, for some of us, they come early in life. I'm not able to run anymore because of the joints, or I'm not able to do this or that. All of these ways that we hold on to our independence so fiercely, and then when we encounter these struggles, we have turmoil. Another that we hold tightly on to is our sense of being, our identity. Who am I before you? What do other people think of me? How do I want them to think of me? How do I project myself upon them? How I value myself based upon all of these things. My worth is dependent upon how people view me, how I view myself, who I am. And then these great times of turmoil, when that changes, when we're no longer able to be the thing we were or when we age out of that, or some circumstance in life takes it away from us. Another that we hold on tightly to is our loved ones and our friends. Who am I in their eyes? What do they think of me? Or whether they're in our life or not. Loved ones that become estranged from us, or tragically loved ones that die. I hold on also to my abilities, my aptitudes, my gifts. Again, this is part of my identity. Oh, I'm good at that thing. Oh, I have this ability. Oh, I can figure that out because that's how I am. I might say, oh, God, God gave me the gift or whatever like that. But really, I hold tightly onto it. It's really mine. Another that we hold on to very tightly is our time. What are we doing with our days, with our minutes, with our hours? How they are my time to do the things that I intend to do. Even if those things are good and virtuous things, it's still holding on to, it has to be this way, on this day, at this time. And something else that comes in and swoops up my time, I get angry at, frustrated by, and most of all, the thing that I hold on to are my plans, my hopes, and my dreams. What will my future look like? What I'm planning for? What I'm planning for in retirement? What I'll do? What I'll do next summer? What trips I'm planning to take? What will happen in my work? What position I'm going to go for? 
how my relationships with my coworkers or supervisors will or won't be this way or that way or must continue in this way. And especially our hopes and dreams when it comes to kids. Today we celebrate Saint Stelianos. And Saint Stelianos, for those of you who don't know, is a patron saint for parents of young children, pregnant women, for those who are desiring to have children. How much of that desire to have children that we struggle with, or that the children we have are not exactly what we imagined them to be, <laughs> or that they grow up and then they really become what we did not plan or imagine for them to be. All of our expectations and our hopes for what they're going to be, or how they will be, how different things will be important in their life, even things of the faith. What if they're not close to the faith? Many of us struggle with this sorrow this difficulty. These are our hopes and our dreams. So you see, all of us have a very big hand that is full of a lot of things that we are hold on, holding on to tightly. And you know what all of that results in? Anxiety, worries. There's a person I know who was talking about her life after kids. They'd grown up and being kind of semi-retired having a much less clear sense of purpose and duty. For those of you who are mothers, you will know very well, especially older mothers who have your children out of the house, that sense of not having a clear sense of what is my purpose or my duty in life. She would wake up and say, Christ, what do you want me to do today? Christ, what do you want me to do today? Such a simple question. It doesn't mean that Christ is going to tell her what to do or me what to do. Rather, what it means is I'm putting myself in a position of dependency. A position of uncertainty, really. Because I have the certainty or the delusional, imagined certainty of what I plan for my life and how my day is going to go. But rather that uncertainty of what will come today. It's kind of a childlike it's a simplicity that we all would do well to imbue in our own lives. It also, by saying that, says, whatever comes my way is within God's providence. That's the corollary to that. Whatever comes my way is within God's providence. It's from Him. Maybe you've seen that little booklet in the bookstore, This Was From Me. It's a beautiful little book talking about all things in the course of a person's life reminding us this was from me, that's a capital M from God, this was from God because if we don't live a life in this way ultimately with this grip, it's all about our control of trying to control things and what can we control if we're honest with ourselves what I can barely even control my own actions. So many times my own actions are not what I want. Let alone control circumstances and people and outcomes and what's going to happen on this day or that, or the markets and economics or my work or whatever it may be. I can't control it. And we believe 
God that many of us have. We call upon him when there's something that we need a little assistance with. But we want to keep the control. He'll just do the things that we want at the times that we want. Or we're angry at him when he doesn't do the things at the times we want and the ways that we want. We don't want to let go. We don't want to relinquish control. And so we're plagued with worries and anxieties. But my brothers and sisters, this is not what God wants for us. It's not what he wants. He wants to fill us with his peace. He wants to carry us in his embrace through all of the storms of life. This is what we see in the lives of the saints. We see in them people who go through all kinds of privations and torments and tortures and struggles. We're at peace. We can't escape the struggles because we live in a fallen world. We have an envious enemy, the devil. We have humans around us sinning, and we have we ourselves sinning all the time. We can't escape struggles. That's not the goal. The goal is to transcend them, to keep a spirit of peace within us right through those struggles. And that's not something that we can do ourselves. So the saints, even though we see them in this state of peace when they're being tortured and all of these horrible things, it may seem very far from my life and where I'm at. And I likely will never get to that state of peace. But they become our guideposts. Then we say, well, look, it's possible. So let me move in that direction a little bit more. Let me loosen my grip on the things that I hold on to, that I try to How do I do this? There's some very practical things. Whatever happens, I accept it in God's will. That's that phrase, may it be blessed. So there's one simple way. Whatever comes to my life, I say, may it be blessed. Which is another way of saying, your will be done. It's saying, whatever is brought to my doorstep, is something that God will use. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. God will use it for my sanctification and for the healing of all the people around me if I let him. So say, may it be blessed more. I was talking with someone a little while back, and he said, it was a may it be blessed kind of week. I <laughs> <laughs> understand what that means. That doesn't mean worldly blessing. It's a week where I need to keep on saying that again and again and again. But there's another path as well. If we're not able to do that, or not able to do that, at least we can start with it, the words on our lips, but we don't really feel it in 
distinguishes between things that just exist in our life, like I love my children, versus things that I idolize. My children have to be this way, do this thing, talk to me this way, treat me this way. Those are the things that I that turn into idolatry. Because they're expectations upon all the people around me, or expectations upon myself. Now as a final note, we as a community are being invited by God to place greater trust in Him. There's something that we all hold on to as a community. It's this very building. We've been in this building for a long time, and we have seen since before I even came to this parish, people said, we're bursting at the seams, the parking lot's too full, we're crowded, we need to do something. And now is the time when God is saying, are you holding on to this? Is this what you're comfortable with? Or do you want something more? I say that because this is a very comfortable place. We have a very beautiful, God-blessed community and a facility that has worked for, for very many years here. But we have to be willing to let go. We have to be willing to do something that is uncomfortable. Because I promise you, whatever next step there is, will be more uncomfortable than staying in this building. I promise you that. Are we willing to say, God, you lead the way? Are we willing to say, whatever comes to be your glory, to be your blessing? So this is what we face as a community. And we let go of our grip, even of this. Because the spirit of God that dwells within us as a community will not be diminished by that at all. Fact, it will be strengthened. We will be strengthened. So we all have things to ponder on this day. How each of us, like the rich young ruler, when God presents to us a question, we say, No, God, I can't do that. Because the good thing is we don't know the rest of the story with that rich young ruler. God willing, he repented. Couldn't handle the question at the time, like all of us, like all of our struggles. 